Good afternoon, and welcome to the Lost Lake Farmer Podcast. Today, as I am currently in the process of washing the bulk tank, which is the tank where the milk is stored and cooled after milk after milking before I've turned it into cheese because we make I make cheese um, only every several days so I need to keep it cooled in between those times um, I would like to talk a little bit about food safety cleaning and so forth I know it's not exciting and sexy but it's important Excuse me, I have my head inside this tank here, so I hear some splashing and some banging. Um, so, in my, my mind, food safety starts on the farm side with cows. And you know, yesterday, my procedure for milking the cows, keeping your cows clean. And the clean and healthy and the milk clean as it's collected from those cows. And having having healthy cows is very important, which is part of why I test on a monthly basis, but also part of close observation of the animals and then the husbandry and then yes milking procedures are important and cleaning procedures of the milking system and the milking parlor and then as we get closer and closer to the finished food product, we get even more careful. So this bulk tank where the fluid milk is stored, after every every time I empty it, I wash it out carefully. Uh, and I, I actually scrub it by hand, as you can here. Um, we have a tank cleaner that I have not set up, but I guess I am skeptical based on the, at least this tank, how it's set up. It's an older one. I don't feel like I could get the same level of cleaning that I get cleaning by hand. And Renee thinks I should because it takes about an hour every time and it's generally not my favorite thing to do and that sort of thing but like I said I'm hesitant because I think it's very important to make sure that we're not that we're starting out with clean milk and so I rely both on my 
attention to detail and um, essentially elbow grease and rubbing everything a lot and hot water and I do well pretty much all the tanks and pipelines and everything have a similar process of a a caustic or alkaline detergent that sort of detergents um, have two pro two properties that are important in this this cleaning process. The first is that they um, they can uh, dissolve the fats, uh, so they. So the hot water helps, of course, uh, but um, the chemically detergents have a, what's called a um, hydro, hydrophilic, one end is hydrophilic and one end is hydrophobic. So basically one end can bond to the water molecules in your, in your wash solution and the other end can bond to to your fats um, and that is what allows detergents including your dish soap that you hand wash stuff in that's what allows them to to get get fatty stuff um, yeah that's, that's important because otherwise you can eventually with hot enough water you can can get fats washed out um but it's a lot harder and a lot harder to be thorough the other important role of a caustic of a detergent is that they with the proper contact time um lice cells lice um bacterial cells lice meaning that they cause the cell wall to break open and then they lose their ability to um, divide and repopulate and all that that sort of thing so that is another very important thing. Um, so I do that then I um, rinse it's out in between and then do an acid acid wash as the second second cycle and all these ones but with both of these things concentration contact time and temperature are important uh, in order to make them as effective as possible and so basically if if you have a high enough temperature, high enough temperature and high enough concentration, you can have a shorter contact time. Oh, friction is is the other the other element. So, friction being scrubbing or water pressure. Uh, those are essentially the different ways that we apply friction to get stuff clean and to flush bacteria and all the other and viruses and mold spores and all that stuff out of the systems um so 
So when you're hand washing stuff, you're limited in the concentration that you can use and the temperature. So you're making up for it with lots of elbow grease, aka friction. And um, I guess we also don't want too high a concentration since all of this wash stuff is ending up in our septic system. Um, and it, it breaks down environmentally and the, the, the alkaline and acid components um, should, if we use the right concentrations, balance out to a neutral pH so that uh, the microbes in our septic system, which break down the solids and so forth, um, anybody who lives rurally knows that it's important to have, to not kill your the bacteria in your septic system because they're they're what breaks stuff down and if they don't then you have solids building up in your septic tank because it's not gonna not gonna just disappear magically in your leach field um but yeah so we we don't want we don't want too strongly concentrations for environmental reasons but also to for shocking the bacteria in our septic, septic system and because it's cost prohibitive, because all these chemicals cost a lot. Um, so the acid um, binds, uh, it, it, it's, it can get some of the uh, mineral elements, specifically calcium, uh, which is often called milkstone, that can, you don't see it after one milking or whatever, but it's a, essentially a calcium buildup that from the calcium in the milk uh, that if you're not doing an acid rinse will build up in pipelines or pots or all kinds of things and, um, and that you don't want that because that um, becomes a, a place where um, bacteria can can hide and build and not and sort of start to, start to build up populations and not and where the the chemicals can't can't get to them maybe so the acid is dissolving those and I believe also the proteins I'm not sure on all that but um, the acid then also serves as a sanitizer so it's kind of like another layer of Killing our microbes, and I know there are some in the dairy world who uh, think that the attitude of sanitizing and cleaning and stainless steel and and getting all the bacteria killed off is not not the way, but half the food safety because then you're just leaving a, a blank slate for for pathogens um, and I think they're partially right um, I mean obviously there are traditional cheese techniques where they used um, you know wooden cheese bats that would you're essentially storing the cultures from each batch to culture the next batch and um, by having that population then 
uh, as long as they're healthy and getting regularly fed by new new batches of milk, similar to your sourdough starter, they the idea is that they can outcompete the pathogens and. Um, However, I do also think that there are ways that some of those traditional techniques might not control for pathogens in the same way and there may have been a lot of uh, food pathogens that um, were making people sick that back in the day that um, they just didn't realize that's what it was from. And I, I could be wrong, but it doesn't much matter because I, as a commercial cheesemaker, I have to keep things clean. And so if that's the right we're going to do, I'm going to, I don't want to do a half, half-ass job at it. I want to if I'm going to keep things clean, I want to keep things really clean. So, um, I'm I'm not wanting to have things microbially dead, just temporarily between batches, making sure that we're starting with a clean slate so that we know what goes in there. And then the cows... They're always, that milk coming from the cows, it's always going to be microbially active, especially since our cows are outside and on straw or hay in the winter and um, on grass in the summer. And those things are, you know, they lay on that and they, or they walk through the grass or, or whatever and they, they get, pick up, microbes on their on their udder and their teats and some of that uh, makes its way into the udder um, and some of those are good things some of those may be pathogens um, in for the most part out on the pasture most of them are going to be good things and if the cow is healthy then um, she will be able to fight off a healthy load of pathogens um, with their own immune system. And cows are also taking in microbes in what they eat. And they have just as up as, as we do, actually much more so, they have um, microbial populations that live in their guts, different ones in different parts. And those are actually the main reason that cows are, be, are able to live off of forage. It's not like they have some amazing chemical or whatever ability to break things down on their own. It's that they have the anatomy to support those microbial populations that work with them to break down the the fibers and different portions of the forage to make it then available to the cow. So some of that 
some of those microbes will be in the milk as well since it's kind of in their body. Um, so the key is healthy cows, healthy soil, healthy feed, and then making sure that they're not exposed to too many dirty things that could overwhelm their immune system and cause them to then let pathogens in as well. So, um, and then that microbially healthy milk goes into our clean blank slate of a tank and gets cooled so that uh, it, that things don't, uh, the microbes don't grow too quickly while they're in that tank so that we can control it more to do what we want it to do once we get it into the cheese fat. Um, that's enough on cleaning and food safety for today. Thanks for listening.